last time on License to Parent. Sex is what's real. There is a sexual binary. It is self-evident. Listen, this is a self-evident fact that the norm, the biological norm for, for humanity is to be conceived either XX, two X chromosomes makes you female, or an XY chromosome makes you male. But this is a self-evident biological fact because the human species reproduces through sexual reproduction. The only way you can have sexual reproduction is if there is a binary. In every single cell of the body, those chromosomes are there to reveal whether you are a, a boy or a girl. There is a sexual binary, period. Just, we have sex differences and we have sex stereotypes. Transgender is purely a belief. That's Dr. Michelle Cretella, and last time we began a conversation about transgenderism and how it relates to the male and female sexes. And we'll continue that talk today here on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a year-long Christ-centered therapeutic program working with teens in crisis and by extension with their families. Our host on Licensed to Parent is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, last time we began a conversation with Dr. Cretella focusing on the fact that the term gender has now been modified, let's say, to, to get around the scientific fact that a person's sex can only be male or female, and that transgender is not a scientific description, but more a matter of what someone believes about themselves. Yeah, well, you, you've heard the term junk science, right? I mean, uh, uh, the... Is this uh, like fake news? <laughs> exactly. Kind of. And the LGBT community has been guilty of this. You know, wars have been started with simple semantics, Rich, and you can make a case uh, for anything uh, when you redefine terms and uh, buy into false premises. And one of the false sure. premises that the LGBT community uh, has, f I'll, I'll say, forced upon the American public uh, is that there's uh, there's a definite uh, line of demarcation between gender and sex. But when you go back and look at the dictionaries, you know, before Wikipedia and, and some of the other digital agencies got involved in the equation, uh, politically correct as they are, you'll see there really was none. And the LGBT community found a way to legitimize basically perversion, uh, sexual perversion, uh, sin, and narcissism, and I, I call much of the LGBT issues that are being proliferated in our culture uh, sexual narcissism. It's mm. basically, you know, this this uh, gender over here can't do anything for me, uh, so I'm gonna. I really need a, a little a better uh, experience over here, and uh, so it's it's a, it's a selfish thing. Love is a give and take thing, and this is all for the most part take. I'm not saying that. People of the same sex or gender can't fall in love. They can. I love a lot of men. David loved Jonathan. And matter of fact, Scripture says, above the love of women. That doesn't mean they were homosexual. And, and so there's a, a part of the church that is bought into the fact that that's one of the Scriptures that, uh, uh, that legitimize this idea of, of homosexuality. But to say that gender and sex are two different things is buying into a false premise. And, and and when we do that, then we take the rest of the LGBT uh, junk science and it makes for a 
semi-compelling story if you don't know the rest of the story. Yeah, very good. Well, today's guest, because we couldn't finish our conversation with her last time, is back. And her name is Dr. Michelle Critella. She's president of the American College of Pediatricians and a general pediatrician with a special interest in behavioral pediatrics. Uh, Dr. Critella is a regular consultant for Breitbart News, the Family Research Council, One News Now, Relevant Radio, and more on issues of pediatric mental and sexual health. And Dr. Critella, I was curious about this. As president of the American College of Pediatricians, obviously you are a person that other people look to. So when you and your colleagues there are, are hiding out in the break room, let's say, and the doors are closed and nobody can hear what you're saying, do other doctors agree with your stance on this, or are you the lone wolf out howling to the moon and nobody's listening? No, you. Uh, yes, there are many other physicians and therapists, um, even on the political left, who agree with this. Um, it's fear. People are afraid because yep. this is the emperor has no clothes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is that obvious, but this is a very tyrannical movement of elitist, you know, at the top of higher education, medical education, mental health, and anyone who dares not toe the party line will be punished. Um, and and I've, I've received phone calls and emails from um, physicians and therapists saying, thank you for speaking out. Um, because, uh, I can't do it. I'm not tenured. Um, I can't do it because... Uh, one of my colleagues spoke up, and she's getting death threats. Mm-hmm. Um, so fear plays a tremendous role um, and in this. And there's career opportunity, too. People won't get their articles published, their books published. Oh, that's uh, right. They'll lose funding for their research. Yep. They will be passed All over. They will be demoted. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's a political unlike, issue. You know, we speak out on the pro-life issue as well as the American College of Pediatricians, mm-hmm. and, and many of us as individuals have... And the whole LGBT arena, it's just, um, it it, it pales by comparison. There's there's just nothing like it. I'm going to say something that's going to get me in trouble, and I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Uh, I think there's as much mental illness within the mental health professionals uh, as there is outside of it. I, I call a lot of mental health professionals uh, patients with a degree. And I think the, 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 the situation is you've got mental health officials who either struggle with this issue themselves, have a very close relative to do or a good friend, and they don't want, this, they don't want the moniker you know, of, of, mental, of being mentally ill. And I think this is an agenda. I think there's, there's money involved. It's a political, not a Washington, well, it is a little bit of a Washington uh, political issue. But uh, as I said earlier, these are, these are people who, who want to be established in their field. They, they don't want to be blackballed. And it's a political uh, issue as much as, more than anything. It's certainly not a scientific issue. That's a slam dunk. Yes, correct. It's, it, this is absolutely a political issue. And um, I do know for a fact that there are, pediatricians at the forefront of this who either are LGBT themselves or have LGBT family members, as you said, Mm -hmm. um, married to a trans individual. Uh, There is a very well-known plastic surgeon who um, is doing these surgeries on teenagers and the surgeon himself 
uh, is a trans woman. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is this is very much p- politics. Yep. And um, yeah, they yeah. they don't don't diagnose anyone over you know <laughs> without uh, without truly examining them. But it is a reasonable. Um, there's a lot of prejudice. There's a lot of presuppositions that they've bought into yeah. that just are mm-hmm. not true. I rub shoulders with mental health professionals regularly, and uh, I know one trans person who's a therapist. I mean, this is a trans person who's going to be, you know, working with uh, in a residential program. I know a residential program similar to Shepherd's Hill. It's not not a Christ Center program. If, if a 12 year old boy wants to wear a dress, he can wear a dress. Now, what's that doing to the rest of the kids in that therapeutic program? But, and, you know, and all the and the party line is. Oh, it's not harming the other kids whatsoever. Oh, horseshoes. <laughs> Which it, it, is it is. False. <laughs> yeah, it is. Hitler said, or well, Hitler's propaganda said, you know, you tell a lie, a big enough lie, long enough uh, to enough people, and they will believe it. And you yeah, know, and this is what we've seen, and I think that was in the book. Um, after the ball, mm-hmm. two, two psychologists, two openly homosexual psychologists wrote the book After the Ball about how they were going to normalize homosexuality and, and Mission accomplished. America. Mission accomplished. And it, yeah, and that's precisely what the book was about, is that we're not going to use facts. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't use facts. The facts are against them. Obviously, um, one of the goals of this program is to equip parents to know how best to deal with the issues of the day. And for this particular type of issue, I think we are all at a loss. It has come on so quickly and is so bizarre and non-logical on so many levels. What counsel or what suggestions could you offer to parents today yeah. who, uh, who want to know how to appropriately train up their children in the way they should go uh, and how to appropriately deal with this issue on their own. Where where can we go to find answers? Because our kids are buying this hook, line, and sinker on our social media and, and you know mainstream media, uh, and so they're getting their news and information from other kids, basically. And uh, so, yeah, to, to Rich's question, how, yeah, what do, <laughs> how, what do we tell these parents? Sure. Um, first, I think the, the best way to let's say your um, your new parents. How do I uh, pr- keep my children healthy? How do I ensure that they develop a healthy um, sexual identity? And it, basically just warm, loving parenting with um, clear rules, guidelines, consequences. So it's sort of common sense sure. discipline. Um, but the key is make sure that uh, obviously we do love and affirm our children, but we love and affirm them as the unique, beautiful, either boy or girl that mm-hmm. they that they are. And um, it's completely normal. Little young kids, as you were saying, they may play with whatever's lying around. My little girl, she was number four. She wanted nothing to do with dolls until I think she was um, five years old and started kindergarten and made friends. Up until age five, she was all into the matchbox cars and the action figures because That's my she wife. had three brothers. She had three older brothers. Yes, my <laughs> wife had two older brothers, and her only doll was a yeah. G.I. Joe with hair. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, right. But she's an but, all um, woman. So You know, now there are, you know, when you have, and I'm sorry, this is, I, I'm going to just give, I, it's such an important topic. I'm going to give the full answer. So um, if you actually do have a child who says, Mommy, Daddy, I am not whatever they are, um, and insists, 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 and you as parents, 
you find that it's just you're not able, this child is truly stuck on, on this, then you do want, you do want to pursue um, family therapy. Sure. I mean, and um, so we at the college, the one website to remember where you can go to is bestforchildren.org, bestforchildren.org. Um, we do have a gender identities page, so bestforchildren.org. You can type in gender identities, gender identity issues in our search box. That will bring you to our page. Um, you can also contact us if those resources, they may, if they're not enough, you can contact us and we can make recommendations for therapists. Um, we always recommend interviewing therapists in your local area, but if you get stuck, if you cannot find one who will meet you where you are at, at your values and help you figure out if there's something in the family the child is misperceiving, something that you can do differently to help them, if you can't find a therapist locally who will do that, we can recommend some to you um, who provide therapy even by Skype. And that website, once again, that Dr. Cortella mentioned is bestforchildren.org. Go there to find information and referrals. Bestforchildren.org. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, and we will wrap up our conversation when we return. Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by screens. Have we entered into a techno-utopia or a virtual prison? Is our social experience richer and deeper or more shallow and artificial? Discover insightful answers to these questions in the documentary DVD, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media-Captive Culture. You'll learn from media experts, church leaders, and inspiring individuals and families from across the country, including Trace Embry and students from Shepherds Hill Academy. Most importantly, you'll discover how God's Word addresses the unique media challenges we face today. Captivated, finding freedom in a media-captive culture. Available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherds Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherds Hill Ministries and licensed parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherds Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. And today, as well as last time, we've been talking about gender issues or transgender issues with Dr. Michelle Cretella. 
And before the break, we were talking about parents trying to find therapists that can address these kinds of issues with their children. But Dr. Cretella, what about folks that live in areas where counselors are forbidden by law to talk people out of their sexual orientation? States like California, for example. Where can they go? And I I guess also, what can the therapists in California, let's say, what are they able to say or do legally to help these folks out? Um, You know, it's so right. But what you might, what you may be able to find, you may be able to find therapists who, because actually I have spoken with therapists from California that are still sane. And um, they will be very clear, okay, the purpose of the therapy is not to change the child's gender identity. I want to, you know, but I am going to help you as your therapist. I'm going to help you look at your family dynamics. I'm going to help you improve communication and get to the, um, to the root of any depression, anxiety, because ultimately that's what good therapy does. Yeah. The, the child thinking they are a different sex, is um, their psychology trying to come up with a solution to an underlying problem. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is one thing. I mean, um, some people who had treated um, homosexuality sort of went about it the wrong way. Um, right, some of the reparative therapy stuff. Ident- so, the, so the way the bills are written, it, you know, uh, but nevertheless, a good therapist would say, all right, we are not, our active goal, you know, they're, they're not going to be doing electroshock to, your, right. to your son, you know, until he, no, that's, that's crazy. But um, so you may still even locally be able to find therapists who will say, yes, let's take a look at the family, at, the, at your child, at the family. Let's see if we can find out any underlying problems and treat them. Um, However, if you can't find someone in your local, in your state to help you, there are therapists working in, um, for example, we have Texas and the Midwest and um, many other states who don't have those laws, mm-hmm. and they can help you via Skype, um, meeting as a family via Skype and uh, facilitating play therapy. Good Sometimes idea. they work with parents alone. Other times they can actually um, have the child. We do have um, teenagers who are able, to, I, I know of a couple ongoing right now who are having good results with Skype therapy. Awesome. Um, and again, it's, it's also helpful to think of it as um, a family problem versus a child problem because it minimizes blame. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like, Okay, this is, or, you know, think of it as as a challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, this is a family challenge here. We, you know, we we impact and affect each other. Um, And the other other piece, sadly, is that sometimes there is true abuse happening. Sure. Either, uh, sadly, sometimes within the family. But other times, I mean, I, um, I am aware of one case in which the child was being molested, um, at a babysitter's, and and this was the child's reaction to hating his 
penis and wanting it mm-hmm. cut off. And so, that's a bigger deal than anyone uh, believes. I, I, we, we, we here at Shepherd, so we get to the root of this stuff. We have these kids are here for a year and uh, minimum, some for a couple of years. And it's amazing what gets uncovered uh, over, over that period of time. And I think that's uh, a, gro- a grossly overlooked uh, component to the equation is the early childhood abuse. I'm talking in the bassinet uh, that, that, that goes on. And, you know, one example, but here's, well, let me back up. You're never going to prove this unless someone comes forward and admits it. And uh, like I, the, the case I'm thinking of is the, the rock star, Melissa Etheridge. Her, her, her older sister comes out and says, you know, 50 years after the fact, uh, I, I was molesting you early on. Well, Melissa Etheridge is a, you know, is a lesbian. And that explains a lot. And of course, we, we can get into epigenetics and, you know, all what, what outside stimuli does to actual the, the cellular, at the cellular level, all this stuff. So this is a deep, deep, deep subject, and I just hope our parents are, are, are listening and, and understand that we only scratch the surface of this, and it, go to, to uh, uh, bestforchildren.org and get a little education on this. Yeah, um, so the first, it is the first important thing is to get educated. And right. if you are confronted with, um, because I have had parents ask me this, if, if you have um, an ex- a member of the family who believes they're transgender and wants you to address them as the opposite sex, what, you know, what, what do I do? Um, and I'll give the example of uh, one mother who reached out to me. It was her 19-year-old daughter. You know, and, and the daughter was hook, line, and sinker, probably definitely um, the digital age, you know, it, it, immersing herself in the Internet. That's, big, that's, from, that's a big part of it. Age 15, from, from age 15 forward, it was sort of this progression. And then once she turned 19 and was old enough to... She went and went ahead and, and got her mastectomy. Of course, nowadays you, you can actually girls can actually get a double mastectomy at sixteen. That's but insane. in any case, my my suggestion was um, to have um, a family meeting, perhaps with a, a, a therapist. You know, her the, this nineteen year old did have a um, a transgender believing. Therapist, but I said, nevertheless, you, you may be able if you, if you can come together and have a meeting and come up with a respectful, you know, okay, I will. Re- you're 19. You've gone through this. You, she's been, you know, being quote unquote helped by doctors and so forth. But I cannot call you James or whatever. I can. Mm-hmm. Can, can we? Can we please agree? You know. Um, can I call you my precious child? Uh, can you come up with something? You know, could, let us, can we please work as adults? You know, and, and the daughter was getting ready to move out as well. Well, as adults who, and as your parents, we love you. We are not kicking you out, but please, we're asking for mutual respect we would like to call you our precious child. So it definitely takes creativity and, and um, love. And, and sadly, in many cases, it may not work out. They may simply walk out of your life. Well, Dr. Um, Michelle, you, you mentioned help. You know, this kid got mm, uh, uh, some help. What's help? In quotes. What, 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 I'm sorry. I was, 
What, okay, you know, party line help. Let's call it. Let's put. Let's put it. Got the party line help. I mean, it, it's it's. Um, but if just feeling better about your your malady or your disorder is being helped, it's my, that initial feeling of relief, and that's all they have. That's where it when, stops. When look, yeah, that's where it stops. Um, because if you follow in Sweden, they followed. Um, they followed adults who went through the surgery and hormones. They followed them for 30 years. And at 10 years post-operation, so post-operation, after their operations, 10 years out, there was a definite increase in depression, anxiety. Um, by 30 years out, the suicide rate for people who had gone through the surgery and hormones, the suicide rate was 19 times greater than the general population. So it's not getting at the root issue at mm -hmm. all. No. Um, it's it giving them a, a, a pain pill is what it is. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, that's, that's my, that's my beef with a lot of uh, secular psychology is it's just, you know, the, I mean, the catchphrase is how does that make you feel? How did that make you feel? Well, mm -hmm. you know. How and, you it's, and it's it's an important question to ask, mm -hmm. but it can't, sure. the focus, right? We, we it's not the end all. It's not the end all. It's not the end all be all. Exactly. Right. The, the, um, it's not the end all be all. It's, we have to use our intellect to evaluate where those feelings are coming from and how we're going to act about them or on them or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I, I yeah. think a good start with all this, parents, and I've, I beat this drum regularly here, is take away that addictive adult toy from your, you know, your 15-year-old child. There's no reason the kids need to have 24-7 access to Sodom and Gomorrah around the clock because I think pornography plays a role in this too. Isn't it? We're not talking about naked people. We're talking about many naked people doing weird things with a whole lot of different toys and objects. And it, it, This is crazy and we're giving our kids these addictive adult toys you can't even pull the lever on a slot machine until you're 21 years old because of the addictive nature of this thing and, and uh, not to mention all the other vices that that are reserved for adults in america but we give these things to our kids and i think that is one vehicle that's proliferating these these uh, ideologies that's uh, uh, warping our kids minds and 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 blinding them to believe that uh, that uh, black is white white is black and that there is no gender binary. Yeah. I need to yeah. jump in here because our time has come and gone and gone around the corner. We are, are out today, but thanks today to Dr. Michelle Critella, president of the American College of Pediatricians and a general pediatrician with a special interest in behavioral pediatrics, including the issues we've been talking about today, pediatric mental and sexual health. Now, the website that she mentioned a moment ago was www.bestfriendly.com. ForChildren.org. While there, you can type gender identity issues into the search area and get to their articles on this topic. Once again, bestforchildren.org. And Dr. Michelle, thanks so much for making time for us today on License yes, to Parent. Oh, thank you for the invitation. It's it's just wonderful. And I, you guys do amazing work, too. I'm, I'm just thrilled to, to know you. God bless you. Well, thanks. We'll let you go. Thanks <laughs> right. so much for your time, though. We appreciate it. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. And this is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. Now, we produce this program to share some of the hard lessons that come from working with troubled teens day after day. Our hope is that your family might avoid some of the heartache and avoid the need for a residential program for your teen. As always, though, if you can help our work financially, and we hope that you will, 
please do so by clicking on the donate button at the top of the page at licensedtoparent.org and become one of our ministry partners. Your gift can help the work that we do at Shepherd's Hill and can help less fortunate families who may need residential care but not be able to afford it. A donation in any amount will certainly be a blessing, and unfortunately, that need is great right now. Click the donate button when you visit licensedtoparent.org, and thanks in advance. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.